This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now into our fifth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodard and you're tuned into the midweek show, available each week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or so of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday, your Thursday a Blue Thursday, whenever you're listening to this. And I'm joined this week, as always, now um, by the Buzz Lightyear to my Woody Toy Story, Joe Fairs. Joe, how's it done? How's it going? To infinity and beyond. Boom! There we go. It's like we planned it. <laughs> um, yeah, you were at, you were at Luton last night. There's no beyond for us at the League Cup, is there? No, it is another poor cup run. But I'm sure we'll go go over that in more detail in the in the show. Indeed. I, you um, did you post any of the photos of Kenilworth Road on your Twitter? By the way, it's a um, really weird, unique no, setting, isn't it? No, I, I put it on my Instagram, but. It is. I think you have to see it to believe how random it is, the setting where you literally walk through what would be someone's front door if there wasn't a hole knocked through a couple of terrace houses. And when you go up the stairs into the back of the stand, you are like looking into people's kitchens. I th- so I thought one of the photos had someone's uh, like cleaning products on the window. So I thought that must be an office or something. But that is someone's house, is it? Yeah, that is someone's house, yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Have they got great views of the pitch or...? Is it? No, they've got views of the back of the stand. Nice. Wow, living the dream, I'm sure. Um, so we're going to cover a few bits and pieces this um, this evening or whenever you're listening to it. Um, we've probably done Sunderland to death a little bit. I think there was quite a long show on Sunday with you and Dave talking about that one, but obviously off the back of a a one or draw um, last night. Um, let's do a few bits of news. Some of it broke last night. Uh, let's deal with Luke Garbett's injury, four weeks. That... It looked pretty innocuous at the time, Joe, on on Saturday against Sunderland. But as always with Ipswich, these now become week long, four weeks, months injuries. Um, it 
caused us to have to shuffle the pack a little bit on Saturday. We shuffled the pack against Luton last night as well. What's your what's your thoughts on how that impacts us with our leading scorer now out injured? Well, there's no such thing as an innocuous injury at Ipswich, is there? Everything is always worse than you'd expect it to be. And a month out when he's played two games, scored two goals. Well, not even played a game and a half and scored two goals. And like I say, he'd missed most of pre-season. So it was sort of find his feet and just, just getting himself back to fitness and then I didn't even see what caused the incident. I, did he just no. twist it or no, he just sat, I noticed he went down, down and had treatment, he? didn't he? And yeah. then then he stayed on for a few minutes and then he went off and he just sort of walked off and he said it wasn't that bad and four and then it's four weeks and in four weeks in this league is about seven games. Yeah, good point actually. Um we'll talk about formations um for Peterborough later on. We'll, we'll we will come on to Peterborough obviously and, and preview that one. Um but it's probably, do you think it's likely to lead to a change in formation? Because he's probably um, quite an orthodox left midfielder in a four-four-two. We don't appear to have the personnel for that anymore. Is that is that your feeling that we'll change that? Or will we persevere with Judge maybe there who ended the game there on Saturday? Well, that's, I think we covered Judge a lot on Monday's show. And I just don't think you can play Judge on the left-hand side of a four-four-two. So the options are Jordan Roberts. But then that means you literally have no strikers on the bench at all to cover the two up front or maybe I know Danny Rowe on the left and Guion Edwards on the right but I can't imagine he's fit to start in the league after missing all the pre-season admittedly he played last night but I think this is going to force Lambert's hand into a change of shape mm, well, well we'll talk more about that um, later on um, another bit of news um, Jack Lancaster's um, undergone his back surgery that's um, I think that's four to five months before a scan to confirm the extent of the injury. Is that is that your understanding, Joe? Or is he looking to be back sooner than that? I'd, I'd heard he was looking to be back sooner than that, but it, the club have said it sort of twice now. First, when it was first diagnosed, it was going to be a surgery, then five months. And now he's had the surgery, they're saying it will be five months before he's looked at I'd, I'd heard it was going to be less than that, but if they've put it out there twice, I'd imagine what I'd heard was a dream, a pipe dream for it, as opposed to the reality of the situation. And five months where does that leave us sort of end of January and then he's going to have another scan mm. will we will we see him this season yeah and these back injuries are really difficult to, to deal with it's a really young age as well for a back injury as well so yeah. all the best to Jack and his recovery um, it's the sort of injury you expect to see from a fast bowler at cricket rather than a footballer these stress fractures to the back where they're putting a load of impact through it but he's quite tall isn't he am I right I think he's I don't think he's that tall he? but he, he might have had a, might have a, bit, had a bit of a growth spurt, growth spurt or sort of the yeah. second year as a scholar, and that, that, that those growth spurts when you're playing full-time sport are sort of a real issue. It was it's, it was more shin splints. That was the injury you got for Championship Manager back yeah. in the day for a young player who's growing up. But uh, yeah, back injury not a nice thing. Quite a few of us have suffered back injuries at various intervals. Not professional footballers, obviously, golfers <laughs> and or amateur golfers, and yeah, all kinds of weird stuff there. So um, yeah, good luck to Jack. Um, the last bit of news, um, an interesting one for us. We're obviously in the market for a fallback, I think, after last night. Um, that's even been further reinforced. Um, Kane Vincent Young, um, who had a trial with us a couple of years ago, or was it last, it was last summer, wasn't it, on the Hurst? Yeah. yeah. Um, and didn't do enough to um, to persuade us to do a deal there. But again, we're being linked with him. Um, you saw him in the preseason friendly, Joe. Your take on that one is that, well, there's a fee involved. So Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I can't say I noticed him because there was that was the first time I'd seen a few of our players sort of Norwoods and El Mazzuni playing in that role so it was a case of 
really just focusing on our team rather than theirs. And I, I, I couldn't even tell you whether he played the first half or the second half of them or what he did. But like I said, he was here last summer. He went away to the training camp in Spain, I think we went to last year yeah. under Hurst. I think we did offer him a deal, but the deal offered by Colchester was in excess of that. So they obviously were desperate to keep him and we'd have only been picking up, but we'd have been paying compensation of a couple of hundred grand for him. That fee is now rocketed from then from what I've heard and we'll see will we have the financial clout to get him here or will it be a mentioned on the poll on Monday will it be a cash plus pay, player mm. deal with Josh Emmanuel going that way so true because it was was it Charlton and Luton who are the other teams mentioned and they've unfortunately they're yeah. going to outspend us even though Charlton's a yeah. Timport club or sorry crackpot club I should say and Luton you've seen their surroundings but I guess they signed well in the season in the, in the pre-season haven't they so yeah it's just um whether we like to spend any money, I guess that's the question, isn't it? Um, and from what from what we've heard, the answer is no. But I don't know whether Lambert has managed to get through to Evans that he needs a little bit more for the squad for this year. But I'm sure he's been working on that over the last few weeks. Well, last night might have gone a little way to help him um, convince Evans. Let's 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 talk through Luton. Um, let me take you back 24 hours, Joe, to when um, at this point we were still in the League Cup. So fast forward 24 hours and it's all gone wrong let me um talk through the changes for us so um 10 changes from um from saturday against sunderland uh chambers is the only player who keeps his place um will norris comes in um for make his debut in nets and uh, the aforementioned josh emmanuel gets his chance to stake a claim at right back um james wilson comes back in from burton to partner chambers at center back and bailey clements is making a first team debut at left back um the midfield, where it's a four-two-three-one, so our two sitters are um, Emir Hughes making his first start since the three-nil defeat at Nottingham Forest in the uh, end of the May sixteen-seventeen uh, season. So that's um, it's a while for him since he started. And Jason and Andre Dizel comes in as well. God, I need to write the first names, Joe. I'm reading this off and just reading reading surnames. And it's not helping me out. Gwyn Edwards is out wide. I think uh, he might have switched around with another debutant, um, Armando Dobra. Um, you're uh, the chair of the Armando Dobra fan club there. Um, and Alan Judge in the number 10 role. And it's, yeah, Roberts up front. Um, so a rest for Norwood and Jackson, um, though Jackson's on the bench. Um, your take on that lineup? it looked quite balanced, but a lot of inexperience in there as well. It, it's what I was expecting to happen. I think we needed to make the changes. I think... I know Mick McCarthy say the League Cup first round is the toughest game of the season because you want to make all the changes and then and then you lose and then all of a sudden you get criticised for it. And I think Lambert sort of got off relatively lightly for how that would have been treated if it was a different manager making all those changes and losing. But I think he did the right thing because the team we put out, I don't know, the, the, the annoying thing for me is when it just lacks a bit of balance in the team. Like, yeah, you make your 10 changes, but you can't just play a sort of midfield two of Dezel and Hughes because you've got no bite in there you really need to give put one of them in and give the other one a chance to play alongside a Cole Skewser or Flynn down somebody who is up to speed because you put them both in there and they both they both ended up struggling really yeah I mean, on the paper it looks like quite an, an attacking positive team but as we'll see Luton also went for it as well last night and and then the midfield probably um, yeah, came off second best there. On, on, just to call out on the bench, um, you've talked about Scoose. Um, John Nolan was back on the bench, which yep. is a positive sign. Um, other than that, it's uh, no real surprises there. Let's talk through Luton. Um, 
I don't know where this comes through on the questions, but certainly um, I'm trying to think back in my mind the moment where Luton and Ipswich kind of swapped places in the pecking order. It seems to have happened really quickly, albeit Luton have been decent at League One level for quite a few seasons. Um, James Shea's in goal for them. Um, there's a back three here, I think, which has James Bree at centre-back alongside Brendan Galloway and also Lloyd-Jones. So that should give you an, in an indication of the intent that uh, Graham Jones had last night. I think it's a midfield four with then one in just behind the strikers. Um, Luke Bolton, who's on loan from Man City. Um, Andrew Shinney, who's been around the Scottish leagues quite a lot. Um, Luke Berry um, from Beverly Hills Cop. No, Beverly 90210, what it is. Um, that's one for the 90s people. And then Kazengalo Aloa, Josh Emmanuel's favourite. Uh, we've got a question about Kazengalo Aloa, so I'll come back to that one. Izzy Brown makes um, another loan spell from Chelsea. Um, we saw him for Reading last season, I think. Um, I think he's just behind the strikers. And it's Harry Cornick and Elliot Lee, son of Rob Lee, for those of you who like your 90s football, up front for them. And if in a four, a three, four, one, two, three, five, two formation. Maybe more. It was more of a three, four, two, one, I'd say. Three, four, two, one. Lee, Lee and Brown. Lee but, yeah. Okay. Um, any players that you want to call out there, Joe? Um, again, for for Luton, it's eleven changes, um, and yeah. in the context of that, makes the result that we're about to talk about even even more galling, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, I thought Elliot Lee played well. He sort of was very busy and made a lot happen. Izzy Brown looked like he would never have an easy game of football in his life. He he had so much time on the ball. He he might as well have been walking around with a sombrero on and a beer. He was. He was that comfortable and he, he looked really good. He looked like a man amongst boys on the pitch yesterday and we they just they were just at it where we weren't and every time a ball was cleared, whichever box it was from, it was one of their players picking the ball up. It was they were they were just much, much better than us. They knew what they knew what they were doing, they knew how they were supposed to be playing and it's a it's a concern when they're a team that are tipped by the bookies to be in the bottom three of the championship and we're a team tipped by the bookies to be in the top three of the League One that there was a big, big level between us yesterday. I mean, we'll, we will come back to this because I think, again, it's in the questions, but what do you put that down to, Joe? Because there's still, there's players here that were signed on deadline day for the Luton, it was last week. Um, mm. I think there's at least four players that came in and were yet to play for for Luton. What do you put this down to that they can just come into the, into the squad and it just clicks? I don't know because it, it, it's so it's so difficult because we obviously focus so much on Ipswich and we can look at our team and say yeah well Emir Hughes hasn't played for two years Alan Judge hasn't is still getting back to fitness Clements and Dobra are making their debuts and you can really sort of talk down the Ipswich team to make it to sort of excuse the defeat but none of us have that forensic knowledge of the Luton side to know actually what their team must have issues they can't they can't make 11 changes pluck a, pluck a perfect team out of thin air can they when they do it and it, it concerns me that I still like Lambert's been here the best part of a year now but I still couldn't tell you what he's what he's trying to do sort of formation wise style wise there isn't a I don't know there isn't a formation and you look at it where you you turn up on the thing you see the team on the team sheet and you know exactly who's going to play where how they're going to play what they're going to do and I just I just worry that we're we're going to rely too much on having better players and other teams as opposed to building a sort of tactical structure which will help us if we do manage to get out of this league mm, that is a bit of a thread 
um, in the matches so far this season. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a good spot that one. Um, let's let's get into it because you've mentioned Izzy Brown. He's the first person to to have any um, action of note. He's a shot straight at Norris at two minutes, um, five minutes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's going down our our left hand side. Uh, Bailey Clements is left exposed. That was I was listening on the radio, so I wasn't there, but yeah. Joe was there. So feel free to correct me if I've got any of this wrong, Joe. Um, but I think it's Cornick who's played in by, by Lee in behind Clements, and he hits an angle shot that I think Norris tips onto the bar. That's, that's five minutes in, and we're already being attacked down that side. They're tired. Yeah, that I think side. that actually deflects off Clements, and then Norris, and then Norris gets a hand to it, and oh, then so it's foul. It's even uh, better save then, I guess. Or, yeah, a, but a tough yeah. angle. Yeah, he did done very well to score from there, but obviously came very close to doing so. But but this, this has happened over the last couple of games as well, where our defence has defended very narrow, which has, when the opposition have put men out wide, which was happening yesterday, Bailey Clements was having to sort of try and stick to James Wilson, but also he's got a man 15 yards the other side of him who's going to get the ball and he's going to be able to just stand him up one-on-one. And he wasn't really getting a lot of help, probably from Dobra, but... I don't know. There just didn't seem much cohesion in the team there. Sort of both fullbacks were getting left one on one too much, and it's a, it's a bit of a worry. Mm. Well, and that was a warning sign because because three minutes later it's one nil. Um, it's Lloyd Jones who's he's totally unmarked or he's <laughs> partially offside. Um, heads unmarked into the net and assist from Izzy Brown. And um, your thoughts, Joe? That was right in front of the town sport, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Corner cleared, and like I said earlier second ball falls to their player and we just sort of meander out of it there's no there's no getting back into shape at all and the ball is just flicked a simple ball just flicked over and they've got Jones and another player was lining up just to head it past Norris and like I say I wouldn't I don't want to sort of call out Josh Emmanuel too much on on his performance last night but he just like he's at when the cross is coming in, he's in front of Chambers as opposed to being to the right-hand side when there's two men there and it's like, you've just totally switched off there and it was it was a piece of we. Because <laughs> uh, Izzy Brown's got lots of time to pick out the cross as well. It's kind of a second phase from a corner and I don't know whether we're persevering with this zonal marking army from set pieces, which I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not a fan of, I'm not going to pretend that I, don't, I, I like zonal marking. And I just wonder whether we haven't recalibrated the zonal marking for the ball back into the box or something like that. But Izzy Brown's got all the time in the world. There's no one, I think there's a loop and header out from Wilson that Judge goes to try and challenge for, but it's not on a win in the air. And it's no. just too easy, isn't it? And, and, you know, with us, it's it's kind of back to last season, is it? We haven't conceded first yet. And maybe heads go straight away, don't they? Because mm. last season, 1-0 to the opposition means game over for us, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, that was what happened and last week. Yeah, it's proven to be the case. Um, let's let's move forward um, through the half. Um, 13 corner gets another um, shot off, uh, which is high and wide. Um, 14, we're starting to get a little bit into the game. Um, Dobrik finds himself into a shooting position, but he hits a low shot um, straight at the keeper. Um, a minute later, Dazel has a free kick. I don't know if this was in a good position, Joe, but he smashes it over the bar. Yeah, this was a good position. And this was a very cynical foul, that or that free kick, where Jordan Roberts had done well to win the ball back off the centre-back. And I think it was Edwards that went through and someone just cynically, there was no way he was getting past him. And I don't think the ref, more, more of later, really, um, I don't think he even booked him for it. And it was an awful tackle. Hmm. Well, let's let's get straight on to the next bit of action then, because we've got um, 
Green Edwards and Josh Emanuel trying to uh, prevent Lee from breaking into the penalty area. And what happens next, Joe? Well, Emmanuel and Lee have a sort of a bit of a coming together. They both they both go down. Edwards is sort of Lee gets up quicker. Edwards is going around to retrieve the ball, where Emmanuel just sort of tries to block Lee's run off, but does it in such a clumsy way. He ends up just sort of wrestling him to the floor, while Edwards is just in in the process of clearing the ball, and the ref gives a penalty. Mm. And this is. A, this is sort of Emmanuel has given away a lot of penalties, hasn't he? I think when he came into the team, sort of the back end of the year before, he gave away two two penalties in three games, and he just gets he's just too clumsy and just gets the wrong side of people, and still thinks he can win the ball from the wrong side. And I don't know because he's sort of so big and strong that he maybe doesn't know his own strength and just what he does makes things look like a foul and gives the ref decisions to make and yeah, I think there's an element it. of that I, I absolutely agree with that because I, I don't think what he's trying to do to Lee it's a bit naughty but actually you see players get away with it all the time he's kind of blocking him to prevent him from um, yeah. getting back at Edwards it just is done really clumsily isn't it because I think he kind of st- sticks a leg out in front of him as well and then he's, he's kind of grabbing around it's just really dumb and really clumsy yeah. isn't it and um, and um, Elliot Lee, who um, won the penalty, then steps up and takes it, and it's a pretty confident pen, isn't it? Yeah, sends Norris the wrong way, just tucks it in the bottom corner, and that point, <laughs> we might as well have gone home at that point once we were 2-0 down. But Yeah, um, yeah, and Josh Emmanuel, we, we kind of, you partially mentioned him for the first goal. Um, he is culpable here for the second goal. Um, yeah. and it wasn't a good night for him was it no it wasn't it, it, he sort of picked up a bit in the second half once we were getting on the ball a bit more and I think he shows that in an attacking sense he, he has sort of qualities that are could be of use to a team in this league but defensively he still makes too many basic errors he still switches off he loses his man he's clumsy in the challenge and he, this, is a, this isn't a sort of a player making his second or third appearance this is someone who's made sort of 80, 80 appearances in the Football League now and in pre-season I noted that I think he's I, I think he's done when he sort of didn't play that game and then he went to Notts County and you could tell Lambert didn't rate him even at that point and then he had a big balls up gave away a goal there got the hook at half time Cole Skews played the second half at right back the next friendly Emmanuel sits on the bench and Cole Skews plays another 45 minutes at right back and you think he is he is not going to be playing for us this year. I think he's his card is now marked and Lambert is looking to get rid of him. He gave him a game yesterday, which is what you'd expect. He needed the needed the minutes and I'd imagine if, if we're correct and Lambert has marked his card, then that card is now in the shredder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and ironically, what you need is a cross between Danassian, who's good defensively and Emmanuel is good attackingly. Yeah. Attackingly? I'm making up words now tonight. Yeah. Doing all sorts. I'm off it. Um, and yeah, and that's you can see why we're still looking for that fullback. But yeah, and these these this system is going to expose our fullbacks because the the fullbacks are left one on one too often. They're left with big areas of the pitch to to sort of look after, and they're also expected to contribute a lot in an attacking sense. So it's not, I say, it's it's not an easy team to be a fullback in at the moment, ours. And I think Josh's weaknesses are just being exposed by. The fact that Lambert may be asking too much of players that aren't capable of playing those roles. But if he's not capable, then we need to find someone who is in reality. Danassiel. 
I think that's yeah. yeah. Um, and Bailey Clements sounded like he was having a tough evening as well. And you know, rookie left back who's yeah. still fresh he'd, to he'd, the first he'd, team. He'd have he'd have learnt from last night. I, I think he while he while he did struggle, a lot of the struggles were because he was just overloaded and he didn't really know which way to turn because there was sort of a 40 yards of space between the left centre back and the touchline and there was two players in it and he was having to cover that but he, he showed good character and really sort of he, he didn't he didn't his head didn't drop he kept going in for challenges he kept getting on the ball and sort of was kept kept trying to pro- progress the ball and things and and he, he he really improved from from the first half into the second and whilst an element of that was that Luton sort of were taking their foot off the gas I think but I like to say I think he'll he'll be pleased with with the way he reacted to a tough first half. Hmm. Let's um let's plough through the rest of the first half because it doesn't really get any better. Um, at least we don't concede any more. Um, twenty one. I've got this note here that Roberts um, heads wide from a judge cross, but this is the first instance, at least where I heard the Luton fans starting to jeer our attacking int- attempts. I think there was quite a few crosses that Dizel put in maybe in the second half that just didn't amount to anything and every time it's like Woo! so we're getting mugged off by um, former League One clubs now so that's that's fun for us um, we've also got Chambers heading wide from a judge cross 26 35 um, Izzy Brown surging forward again um, Elliot Lee um, then gets a shot off which is well saved down to Norris's right if that rings any bells for you Joe mm. No, no. Could say from what I can hear. Um, 39, um, Shinny hits a long range that is just whiskers past the post. Is that for more familiar or are you, yeah, you fine at this point? No, no, I was... Um, this was right by the post I was standing by and that was actually a bit further wide than I think it was made to look and Norris was well across. That was that was well covered, that effort. Um, Luar Luar's attempt just before half-time, was that any closer? Was that... Um, I don't think he got a clean shot, did he? No, none of these felt like they were they were going to score. And we've mentioned him already. Let's mention him once more before the end of the half. Uh, referee Huxtable, um, just before our time, um, should have seen a straight red for um, giving a right hook to Izzy Brown, who went <laughs> down injured. Um, he's quite a, um, what's the polite way to put it, a robust Unit. presence, the referee last night. Stuart Watson was um, enjoying it. And my mate sent me a picture of him as well. I don't know how he passed the bleep test, Joe. I, I I assume you only need to get to level three or four in League One for the bleep test because oh, yeah, good point. I I don't I don't mean to be harsh, but this guy was not fit at all. Like he he was struggling to get around the pitch, and almost every, every time you looked at him, he was in the centre circle. He just he he was he was a big bloke. He must have been about six three, six four, and he must be like sixteen stone. He looked like a second row forward running around on the pitch, and I say at. at Sort of, there's about ten minutes left, and there was a corner, and he was standing in the box, and it was just like, <sighs> like, and it was honestly like when you've just come out of a workout class. He was, he was just blowing, would be the sort of polite term for it. He would and have worked was, the hardest of anyone last night, by the way, because yeah, he's got to carry some weight around as well. And like I said, I, I, I'm not a particularly fit guy, and but I'm not a football league referee. But it was. It was like a non-league ref just sort of running around there, and it was a real, it's a real shock to see that sort of a referee of that calibre is on the EFL list because I, I know it's probably just uh, sort of a bit apocryphal, but Alex Ferguson used to claim I think it was Phil Dow that he would just blow for free kicks to try and sort of get his breath back because he, he couldn't because he couldn't keep up with play, and I think that's probably a, 
maybe I don't know if it is unfair to say that because it did look like that's what he was doing because he was very quick to give a petty foul on a sort of counter attack. But it was no, it was a joke. I'm sure anyone there would agree with that as well. He needs to be looking at his local man v fat, you know. And then he can yeah he can play a little bit then as well, can't he? But um, he was he was he was just very heavy set. He was just like he just was a big big guy. He wasn't he wasn't like overweight. He was just very big unit. A unit. Yeah. Um, that's half time though, Joe. Um, and I think from what I was hearing, we were well off it, you know, and we've talked about is it the combination of inexperience and um, systems and all that kind of stuff. But Luton were on it as well. We've talked about Izzy Brown. Um, he was all over the place, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he, he just was very, very comfortable and just no one laid a glove on him all game. And when he got the ball, he was just knocking it around having a puff of his cigar and sort of moving on. Yep. Well, Luton are um, at this point kind of taking it easy. They make a double change um, and Craney and Neuville come on. I don't know whether that was a change of system because Craney came on for Bolton, I think, who was in midfield. So I don't know if they went to a four. I, I think Bree, Bree went to right back, I think. I think he was, yeah. So he was, um, he was marauding around. He was, uh, they quite liked him as centre-back, James Bree. Though yeah. I did on Suffolk, I don't know if it was Mick Mills and Brennan were kind of saying how bad must we be that we're making James Brew look good as a centre back, but it was something along those lines. Yeah. Um, Forty-seven minutes. We're just after half time, and Izzy Brown again um, finding space um, feeds Lee, who curls a shot wide, and there's nothing happening before the fifty-fifth minute. Um, foul by Dizel on the edge of the town box, right on the edge. Um, yeah. I think I've heard that there was an Emmanuel clearance failure just before that you might be able to confirm that joe but i i, I can't confirm that so i wouldn't like to let's not try and throw him under the bus even more um, no, no. so this goal joe um that's coming up we'll talk about the freak in a second talk to me about the wall the walls plural was this the other end did you see this this? This, this was at the other end so it was quite hard to tell and by this point i think we'd given up i i, I don't think we really broke stride in our conversation as the ball flew into the, the net on this goal it's one of those but it looked as though and I've, I've just been to the gym with one of my mates who was a goalkeeper and he says he blames Emmanuel for dropping back into the wall and getting into the goalkeeper's line of sight but I I haven't seen I haven't seen the goal back so I don't want to chuck I think Josh is still recovering from being run over the amount of times he's been chucked under the bus already in this pod I don't want, I don't want to put him there again but that that's what he that's that's what he said had happened. That he sort of dropped back in. I, I but I know there's this new rule about the attacking players not allowed to be within a yard of the. So I think you can be in days. the opposite. You can't be in the wall. I think of the other team. I think is. No, you've you've got to be a yard away, a yard in front of it. Yeah. It's the rules. But they looked like they had players in the wall. But again, this was a hundred yards away from me, and I was quite low down, so I had no depth perception of that at all. To well, see let me talk you up to the bit where um Shinny is just about to strike the ball. Um, there are six Ipswich players in the wall. Luton stick two players in front of the wall, as you say, about a yard in front, maybe two. Um, and they are right in front in, in Norris's line of vision for the for the ball. Um, as Shinny starts his run up, they split. Our wall is all over the place. And what happens next, Jay? The ball just goes in. Norris doesn't move. Now. he's passed it in as well It's a re- it feels to me yeah. like a really firm side foot pass into the corner but it's embarrassing as you say Norris statuesque but his wall has totally let him down or Luton yeah. have played a blinder on yeah. disrupting it either way it's 3-0 um, and that's very much game over at that point 
Um, and what's the feeling like in the away end at this point, Joe? Is this kind of resigned acceptance that? Yeah, this is I think every, for us I think now? everyone has basically given up at half time. To be honest, from the people that are around me, it was just there wasn't much anger at the um, at the score line. It was just yeah, here we go again. Standard League Cup. Um, let's skip through the rest of this before we get to one moment of note. Um, Fifty eight, another uh, Elliot Lee shot saved. Um, Fifty nine, Wilson. Um, is caught out. Cornick breaks down the right. He's up. Uh, Izzy Brown, who has a shot that's deflected. I think Chambers gets back um, to make a block on this and deflect it wide. Um, substitutions for Town start happening at this point. Um, Danny Rowe comes on for Guion Edwards. Talk to us about Guion Edwards, Joe. How how is he? Rusty, presumably. Yeah, Rusty. He didn't overly get into the game. He he, he worked hard off the ball, but he didn't really show much quality on the ball. And I'd imagine this was a pre-planned sub anyway at an hour. Um, and shortly after that, um, he's involved, Rowe. I think he tries to cross it in on the right-hand side, falls to Dezel, and he has a shot that's tipped over the bar. Um, yeah, Danny Rowe was really involved when he came on. He actually got us playing, drifting across from the right-hand side to the left-hand side and getting on the ball and doing bits. Doing bits. Um, yeah. Shay um, has a bit of a moment from a corner. Um, ball falls to Roberts, who has a... Is this the tame effort that's along the ground? Joe kind of hooks it back and Galloway's there to clear it off the yeah, line. Yeah, he sort that? of scuffs it into the ground. It bounces up and Galloway heads it away. It was it was a tough chance on the spin, that, but just unlucky that the guy on the line managed to get back and clear it. Otherwise, that would have been a goal. Um, 66, a couple of changes here. McManaman comes on for... Izzy Brown, he is withdrawn. Um, he can go and sit on the bench and finish off his Cuban cigar, put his slippers, yeah. take his slippers off, frankly. Yeah. Um, more probably um, going on the bench than there was for him um, on the pitch. Um, and Flynn Downs comes in for Emma Hughes, um, former Luton Loney, of course, Flynn Downs. Did that help us out? We talked about the two sitting midfielders lacking a little bit of um, fight. Um, it felt to me that Downs kind of added a little bit of steel to the midfield that allowed us to push forward or, or Luton kind of sitting back at that point. It's, it's it's hard to know whether they were sitting back or not. I, I presume that they were at 3-0, but the introduction of Rowe and Downs, sort of Rowe firstly and then Downs followed, we just had more bite in the team and we just, we were a lot more at it with those two on the pitch. Downs, especially in the midfield, was actually getting onto second balls and getting the ball and getting us moving, which hadn't happened at all for Hughes and Dizel. So 73 minutes, we're getting close, don't worry. Um Callum Manaman has a shot saved. I think um, he's is he one on one with Norris or is he Norris comes out and blocks this quite from a, from a quite a narrow angle. I think this one right okay. But, um, but a minute later, Joe Flynn Downs saunters forwards as he has started to do on a regular basis and um, finds Dobra who pivots and spins. And you can talk us through this one. Yeah, Dobbs as he's Dobbs. affectionately known as. Um, he just he just does what he does, which is get the ball, run at people, commit people, and as I've said before, his end product isn't always sort of up to it, but he's always willing to have that shot. He hits the shot, it deflects off a Luton defender and gives Shane no chance. But it he was he was probably the biggest positive of the game last night, Dobra, in that he just gets the ball and just goes at people and he's he's small but he's feisty he gets kicked and then he puts in some awful challenges in himself which yep. led to a little flare up after the goal I think because he put in a, a bad tackle on McManaman but he's just a fun player to watch because he, he gets his head down and, and he goes at people and he commits people and he's and he just I don't know what whatever level you take him to he's just not a player that defenders are going to like playing against because he's a 
sort of a bit of a bastard as well. <laughs> yeah, and he and he dribbles it kind of. He takes the ball quite a long way, doesn't he? He's yeah. he's two footed presumably because he, yeah, he's he most, could most cut down right left, but footed, he, he goes but central yeah. isn't he, for the goal. And that was very similar to his effort in the first half, which was saved, where he ran sort of the whole way across the area and sort of got a shot away, but that one was straight at the keeper. But he's he just commits defenders and he has the has sort of the confidence to go at people. Mm, good for him. Um, it's a pretty remar- unremarkable end to the match after this. You'd kind of hope the goal would give us some impetus, but I think we're pretty lax with the ball when we get into um, the final third. There's a change on 77. Jackson comes in for Judge. Your take on whether Alan Judge did any more last night to give himself a chance of a star against Peter Bridget? It didn't. It didn't do a huge amount right, to be honest. Last night, it just. But that, that, it's difficult. The whole team is so disjointed that it's hard to sort of criticise individual players for not for not doing a huge amount. And I know, sort of, Emir Hughes, Dazelle, and Judge did get a bit of criticism from it. But they 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 were just so disjointed as a free. It's like who who do you put the blame on for that? All of them or none of them? But the problem we have is. Sort of, there's no partnership in the middle of the pitch. Jordan Roberts up front is just not, like he, he's a trier, but he's not a lone striker. He's just is technically nowhere near good enough to be able to hold the ball up, and 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 we struggle. Mick Mills was particularly scathing at full time about the trio of Dazelle, Hughes, and Judge. Hughes, I guess you can give a little bit of a pass to because he's coming back um, yeah. to fitness, but. Mick Mills was suggesting that those three are players that are a calibre that should be troubling championship midfields and, and yeah. influencing games, and they and they really haven't. Or they certainly no, last night. It, it did feel like watching Emir Hughes was like watching him in an under twenty threes games where he's just getting through it, playing it simple, and he's and I'm I, and I'm not saying he's taking it on himself to do that. That's obviously what he's instructed to do, but just to try and get some minutes in his legs. It, it felt like last night as opposed to actually being a sort of treating it as a proper game is that is that a factor do you think that intensity level was that the difference as well between the two teams because it's the midfields that kind of did I know I've, we talked about the, the shape of our defence and all that kind of stuff but if Luton were 100% up for it and we've got players coming back from injury you've got Edwards in the mix as well yeah is well, that a factor well like I said they Luton just looked at it from from the first minute they looked at it more than we did and they looked like they wanted to give their manager a selection headache ahead of their game against West Brom on Saturday whereas our players looked like they were trying to get minutes in their legs mm, yeah um, let's other, just... other, than, other than sort of Dobra who was sort of probably trying to prove that he deserves to stay in the first team squad once the sort of other players get back from injury and he he looked like the one that was really busting his balls out there where the rest of the rest of the squad didn't so much Can he? is he a kind of player that can only do 100% it's I'm giving you everything or don't play me yeah, possibly. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, that's that is probably fair. Um, let, let's just finish this off, Joe, quickly, and then we can get on to some questions. Um, Eighty, Mimano has a shot that's saved. Eighty-four minutes. You've talked to us already. Dobra, pretty late challenge on Mimano, and it's Downs who comes in and keeps the peace, though. So um, clearly, that um, Cambridge headbutt is, you know, he's figured it out. He's gone zen, and he's just no. Come on, guys, let's just chill. Um, he said it would never happen again. Never happen again. So um, yeah, we'll see about that one. Um, and then there's a couple of chances at the end for us. Um, Roberts head heads one wide. I think at this point, as he moved out left with Jackson up front, Joe, is it still no, before, it's two, two up front? Or is it two point. up front? And then yeah. I think Downs has a shot 
just before the referee blows the full-time whistle. And that's your lot. And yet again, Ipswich Town are out of the League Cup at the first stage, at the first chance of first chance of asking whatever I want to say there, Joe. My brain has gone to pieces today. I don't know what I've been doing. Um, what was your feeling at full-time? Inevitable? Um, it had become inevitable during the game, but I, I'm, I'm still disappointed to go out of the Cups. It, it, it frustrates me how poor we are at the Cups. I think sort of um, sort of one guy on Twitter was saying it's four four wins out of our last 25 Cup games. And that's just it's just utterly pathetic as a as a club to have that as a record, isn't it? And I don't know. It just seems like the expectations are just so far reset amongst our fan base that losing to a relegation favourite from the championship is seen as acceptable now because we made 10 changes even though they made 11 changes and it just frustrates me how I don't know I, I just think I just think we we deserve better as a fan base when we're taking over a thousand fans there to actually not put in such a limp pathetic performance it's, it's a weird one isn't it and I wasn't there last night so <clears throat> was following this on Twitter and as always our, our fan base is split in many ways um You've got people who are saying, why don't we take the cup seriously? Ten changes, um, as you just said, um, is a bit of a piss take in terms of the tournament or getting um, some winning momentum that I think people are still looking for. Yeah. Um, other people are saying um, the league is the only thing that matters. The cups are a distraction. We don't want any more injuries. So, you know, it doesn't make any difference. I'm kind of of the school of thought where um, primarily the first one, I just feel that we're still not, going into games trying to win them all being confident of winning them and yeah I think there's probably a compromise that could have been made last night which didn't involve 10 changes um, and you you maybe play Scoose or Downs in midfield as you mentioned and yeah. one of the wide players you know you bring on Edwards you don't start him he's not had any pre-season has he yeah I think there's an element of that I, I don't think I don't think 10 changes is the wrong approach as long as you've got 10 sort of fit players to come in and play yeah but like you're saying, Edwards, a player who hasn't played a minute of pre-season, who hasn't even, who we're told is weeks away from fitness, starts and plays an hour. And then you've sort of got two players in the midfield, Nemi Hughes and Andre Dezelli, who are quite similar in that they like to get on the ball and they like to tick it over. But neither of them have got the bite to go in and win the ball back and to sit there and cover. And it's like, maybe you need to give them more of a chance by playing a cold excuse alongside them. To, so the pivot is in place for them to actually play effectively. And... I say Jordan Roberts up front on his own. He he isn't good enough to play in that role, and you'd have to. If we've only got two strikers, well, maybe you need to give James Norwood an hour and Caden Jackson half an hour. But I don't, I don't think it's wrong to try and give the squad minutes. And ten changes doesn't bother me. It was just the lack of the lack of intensity in the in, in the yeah, performance. Yeah, we kind of roll over, don't we? Really? Yeah. I'd, like if we, if we'd have made eleven changes, put in a fire and brimstone performance, and lost three one, then I wouldn't come away thinking oh, we shouldn't have made so many changes because we'd have won that if we didn't. I'd, I'd, I'd have been happy with that, but it's just the limpness of the game, which was a worry. Yeah. Feel, uh, the, our kind of history of the Cup, so in the Marcus Evans era, full stop, makes you wonder whether, you know, I always think of the football manager thing when you set the bonuses for the squad at the start of the season. Our, our league bonus has probably always been normal to low, maybe, but our Cup is always low bonus on that. We do not yeah. give a rat's ass about the Cups. No. Um, and, and we've now got three of them. We've, as again mentioned last night, we've now got the Checker Trade Trophy or whatever that's the now called. The Trophy. Brilliant. Great. I'll look them up straight away. But we've now got... Um, the first, second 
well, the first round of the FA Cup. I was going to say the second, but we're yeah. losing the first round of the FA Cup to someone crap as well, won't we? Maybe we just don't give a crap about the league, the, the Cups, Joe. And maybe this season of all seasons, that's not a bad strategy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. I, the, 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 only, the only sort of issue I take with that is while it's, oh, we don't, we don't give a crap about the Cups, we focus on the league, we very, very rarely put in a poor cup performance in a week and then come flying back at it at the league on a Saturday quite right yeah if, if that if that was a case where we just we chuck the cup game and then we fly in the league like we beat Peterborough 4-0 on Saturday and then we win the next game win the next game then yeah you can accept it but generally we will draw with Sunderland then we'll go out of the cup and then we'll draw again at Peterborough on Saturday and it's like well we might as well at least try to win the win the cup game but yeah, momentum, as people say. Yeah. Um, in terms of the transfer targets that we're kind of looking at, um, presumably there's nothing new that we learned last night in terms of we need full-back cover and we need better options as backup strikers. Yeah, Nothing else basically. on the shopping list for you after after last night? I, w- I wouldn't have thought. So I, I, I wouldn't be comfortable if James Wilson has to play a run of games because I think it was quite obvious why he was sitting on the bench for Lincoln last season when you watched him last night. Okay. Um, let's go through the questions then. We've had a load of those, so thank you, everyone. Let's let's start with Mikey's, um, our good friend Mikey Penty-Smith. Um, was there something poetic about Emmanuel's potential last game, seeing him face Kazenga Loire-Loire again? Um, he also asks us whether ale is an all-year drink, and I don't think we need to answer that one. Um, <laughs> is there some kind of nice bookend of Emmanuel's career bursting into life a few seasons ago? Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it. it wasn't really Loire-Loire that gave him the problems like he did that in that Brighton game where he just absolutely tore him a new one all game. I, I think Josh's problems must just, I, I think they're just sort of mentally that he just hasn't learned how to defend as yet. Obviously his loan spells haven't helped him as a defensive player because so I, I felt for Chambers last night, having to try and marshal the defense, which included Emmanuel there, Wilson who was struggling next to him and Clements 
sort of a long way over there that it was just too much for anyone to ask out there. Is there something to be said for Emmanuel knowing that the manager probably doesn't fancy him and, and his kind of confidence taking a hit because of that? Yeah, that, that's got, that has got to be difficult knowing that you you are not in the manager's plans and he would get rid of you in a heartbeat if he could. But I do, I do wonder whether... like His loan spell at Rotherham was obviously a, a good thing for him, but just, I, I don't think it was the right decision to send him back out on loan to a worse club the following year to Shrewsbury. I think we should have just tried to have a look at him last season because we still never really sorted out right back at any point last season. We signed to Nastian, but then he never really played and then Spence played and then... I don't know who, who else played other than before we signed James Bree. We didn't really have anyone at right back, did we? Mm. Um, let's go through these on... I'm just trying to find stuff on the rotation and the squad and all that kind of stuff. Um, Ippy Blue. Um, I don't believe in the squad game rubbish. There is no squad in annual round one defeats. Play a game in front of you. Rotate the keeper plus a player or two, but the intensity momentum loss outweighs the fitness gain. Uh, the fitness gain. Play a full under-23s. They've played together before. Saturday result is the is the tell, um, so lots to pick up there. Let's let's talk about we've kind of t- talked about how much we would have rotated, but Saturday is key now, isn't it? Because Mick had similar situations where he did full rotations for midweek games, and then we sometimes won the game or sometimes lost it. Um, mm. Is Peterborough the the tell whether last night was worth it or not? I I I probably isn't fair just to judge it on one game. It's it's going to be the next few games and how the squad is, by the time we sort of get to the middle of September, start of October, how the squad is sitting with fitness. Are some of the players that played last night up to sort of a better standard of fitness if they're needing to come in and out of the team and things? So I don't think it's quite as simple as just one game, but that will be the next crisis point if it is that. And that there'll be other people saying, look, we play a full-strength team last night and Norwood gets injured, you know, so I guess yeah. he can't win. But no. um, I think that we all agree that the league on Saturday is more important than the cup last night. Yeah, um, well, I think last night showed that there isn't a huge... Obviously, there is a massive exacerbating factor and that is the ridiculous injury list we've got at the moment. But I think it showed last night that there aren't any players really knocking on the door to come into the team. Like I say, you look in goal, Norris... He, he couldn't really do anything with any of the goals, but he didn't really get a chance to impress. Full back, well, Emmanuel's miles back from Danassian. Clements is a long way back from Kenlock. Wilson is a long way back from Wolfenden. Hughes and Dazelle are a long way back from Skews and Downs. Um, sort of, who was on, like, Garbutt and Rowe are a long way ahead of the sort of Dobras and Edwards from last night. Yeah, Roberts is a long Roberts way well. back, but he's yeah. a long way behind Norwood. So there's. Whilst, whilst there is a bit of depth in the squad, there's also a bit of a gap developing and sort of we'll see how that plays out. Mm. So Blue Soap asks us um, about Holly versus Norris. There's no, at this point, there's there's no need to rotate the keepers for the for the league. Um, but your take on Norris last night, I mean, he's not got a huge amount of chance with any of those goals, really. No, but... it's, it's, it's difficult to judge a keeper on. Ironically, you almost learn more from a keeper when you watch him in the warm-ups and the training and things like that and he looks sharp he's got he's got very good handling everything sticks and like there's a couple of early chances where they just fired at him and it sticks his kick was good left foot he sort of picked out some hell some good long and short passes last night and he does look he does look like he could be a really good keeper but i think it's too early to bearing in mind norris is on loan for the season whereas holly's got a 
two or three contracts here. Hoy is the man with the shirt and he's got to keep it for the foreseeable future. Um, PRB9, um, we've alluded to this, but I'm, and I'll ask you it um, straight out. Um, was Lambert trying to prove a point to Evans about the lack of depth to the squad um, by his team selection last night and the expected um, eventual outcome? Um, it, it did feel like at times, I was sort of speaking to some of the guys with me, it was the case of he'll be knocking on Lam- Evans's door in the morning, sort of like, <laughs> what, can, what can I do what I've got about? I, I, I think the issue, the issue that we've got is the injuries and, and the injury list is just ridiculous and it's getting worse. And <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. The one bright spot last night, we, we talked about him quite a lot already, Um Portman Tails, does Dobra look a better prospect than Josh Carson did? Carson had an excellent start, then fizzled out once expectation began to rise. Your, your thoughts on whether Dobra's got longevity about him? Or whether I, we I should temper expectations maybe a little bit? It's, well. it's, 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 it's so difficult, though, because when Josh Carson broke into the team, he was a hell of a prospect, and like he seemed such a level-headed kid. He was sort of in the international squads, Northern Ireland and was so highly rated. He was a player we really, really did well to recruit and get over here. And his, I think his father would come over for every under 18s game and he just looked like a real good family guy. But then I think he, the limelight hit him and he turned into a, like I said, I used to see him about in town and he was an absolute nuisance whenever you'd see him. He was just, and then he came back sort of really overweight after, after one summer. And I think he just sort of, fell in with the wrong crowd drank too much and just his career just sort of dwindled dwindled away from there and like I say I, 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 you can't make those sort of predictions or opposite of those predictions for someone like Dobra but he seems again he always seems like a level-headed kid his, his dad's always at every game he'd have been delighted when he scored that goal last night because he gets quite excited and animated on the touchlines good for him but I, hopefully no, I'd, I'd I'd love to see it sort of if he if he can sort of push on from now. But I think he's probably one that will when the squad gets back to fitness. His the sort of performance he was putting in last night is either a performance which will help him get a few minutes off the bench later in the season, or it will be something that clubs in maybe the league two or the national league will be able to look at and say, oh yeah, this is the sort of player we want. And a performance last night would have done his career no harm in any way. Saturday will be too soon for him though, won't it? A start. Yeah, but but I think he's shown that you can stick him on the bench and bring him on for the last 15 or so minutes and he's going to make an impact. Yep. Um, Benjamin Arier, will we ever progress through the first round of a cup competition? Um, If so, would winning the Checker Trade Trophy or the Leasing.com Trophy? Leasing.com, yeah. Um, Would that be something to be proud of? I I think the Leasing.com is similar to how the sort of big clubs treat the FA Cup almost, where in in the early rounds, they'll put out weakened teams and if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. They they don't really care. But once it gets to the sort of semi-final, final, once they get to that point, you want to win it. And I think that's how, I think that's how we'll treat it. I think we'll, we'll make the 10, 11 changes for the games. We'll take the fines, hopefully. And just, and if we get through the group and then we get a bit closer to Wembley, I think at that point, maybe the, this sort of opportunity to win a trophy and for the momentum that that could bring and that the sort of the chambers and the scooters of the squad, if we, if we're close to Wembley, they're not going to want to sit on the sideline and watch weaker players throw that away. They're, they're going to want to be there. Cause like I say, Luke Chambers obviously wants to get us up. He'd love nothing more than to lead it to chat at Wembley. And that is a realistic um, expectation of what could happen this season. And given we, we're one of 
a few clubs who have not played at the new Wembley, it's it's a chance to get that off our back as well. Plus, yeah, we get to warm up the um the open top bus as well once before we need it for. Yeah, I, 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 like, I know it's. Uh, I, I hate the concept of it. I hate the under twenty ones teams in it. I think it's an absolute joke. But if we were getting close to Wembley, I'd, I'd love to go and watch Ipswich at Wembley again. It's obviously been far too long, and I say twenty years is going to be since we were all there last. Bloody hell! It's the anniversary season, isn't it? Now of the of the nineteen twenty. Sorry, nineteen ninety thousand. Yeah. Russian season as well more on that from the Blue Monday team no doubt throughout the season um, Elder Grizzly um, does Lambert now shove Judge out left in a 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 or does he allow him the number 10 role for me Edwards needs to go wide left if fit with Rowe on the right your thoughts on the Judge dilemma I think we've got another question about Judge but it, it didn't work on Saturday with him in the four, left on the 4-4-2 no, did it no and, and yeah I, I, I hope that isn't what Elder says there about left of a 4-4-2 I, I hope that isn't the case because that is going to cause us as many problems as issues. Personally, I'd, I'd say this weekend we need to go 4-3-3 with Judge as a left-sided forward with Norwood and Danny Rowe, probably Scoose Downs with either Hughes or Dazelle. I don't think either of them did enough to start on last night, but I think you just want a left footer in there of a bit of balance that will help Miles can lock out when Judge drifts around the pitch and by having a sort of left foot central midfield, you, you just cover that off a little bit more and, and that'll help. I don't, I don't want to be, um, we've, we've saved a manual from the being chucked under the bus, but judge is getting a little bit of stick, isn't he? This early season. Let me a supplementary question here from Rory Johnson. Um, wanting to give him a chance, but I don't see how Alan judge is still being labeled as one of our most technically gifted players when his corners are poor and he has one assist and no goals so far for ITFC. For me, he disrupts the team, and we are better without. Is that harsh or? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think that's right personally. I think he's he's had a tough start to the season, but we we have to remember he was injured on international duty, and he effectively missed the whole of pre-season. He came on for that half at Cambridge, and instantly we looked a better team when he was on the pitch. Everything just the tempo and everything just picked up. I think a number of people who I know who, who went to Burton, I watched on the thing, are just ball retention and our sort of play picked up when he came on the pitch again there. Yeah. I know we, we didn't create as much, but we weren't bombarding them with the two up front at that point. I, I think we just need to find a way to get him in the team. And I, I, like I say, I personally think it just needs to be on that left-hand side of a front three because we're, we're so short of bodies at the moment. There's Who else is going to play there? And if you're going to play him on the left, you need to offer a bit of protection to Miles Kenlock ITFC Mark adds in as well and I'm going to keep adding these in as we go Joe um, Alan Judge's set piece of atrocious last two games I think we can Sunderland was a bit of a, a mitigating circumstances wasn't it um, will he come good I think he's a good player and he's hadn't had a full pre-season either let's not forget that um, ITFC Mark's suggestion though he's potentially um, swap Roberts in um, oh, what's it? What's this say? Will he come good with more game time, or should Lambert stick with the four-four-two and swap Robertson for Jackson or Norwood when needed, rather than changing the system to fit Judge? I think that's going to the four-two-three-one, isn't it, or something like that? But your thoughts on whether Roberts has a chance in a four-four-two? I, I just personally just don't think he's up to. It. I, I think sort of if you're playing a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, I think playing him out on the left-hand side, I think it, the way he, he does put himself about and he's he's quick and he's strong and he's got he's got decent delivery but I think if you're putting him up front he isn't a good enough physical presence up there he doesn't hold the ball up well enough and he doesn't look like he's got a goal in him and I think that is a that's a real issue up there like anyone could be a willing tryer but I think 
I think he's been a bit unfortunate that he, had, that he hasn't had a chance on the left because whenever I've seen him there in pre-season or a couple of times last season, he looks like he's a he's a better player out there as opposed to a forward. And this forward role, while it might suit Lambert to have him as a backup there, I don't think it's doing particularly well for Jordan Roberts' career at ITFC to be sort of stuck up front because it doesn't suit him. I agree with that. And one more on this kind of topic as well. Um, Tiger Regan... Um, with Garbauer, do we switch Rowe to the left and maybe put Idris on the right rather than slot Judge into an unsuitable position? You thought so on um, Rowe or left, Edwards can do the right and left roles as well, but thoughts on, is it too soon for Idris or Mazzini as well? I think it, I think he was injured, that's why he didn't play last night. I, I, I don't see the extent of it, but he was, he was unavailable through injury last night. So, But I think Danny Rowe is playing so well on the right. He's, he's one of the, he's been one of the highlights of the season, so you probably want to, if it ain't broke, don't fix that that part of the team because he's looked really, really good. Um, FPL tractor. Should we just give Armando Dorb with the Ballon d'Or now? Yes. Yes. Yep. And um, we'll go with that. I, like I say, I wonder whether his middle name or his name of Armando being Diego Maradona's middle name is fate. <laughs> Sorry, you'll have to say that. You'll have to, that's gone right over my head, Joe. Diego Armando Maradona. Okay. Armando Dobra. Oh, I get it. Uh, there we you, go. You, you heard it here first. I'm sorry, Joe. I've got so many, I'm juggling so many plates in my brain at the moment. <laughs> this podcast would fall apart if um if it's like my it's the computer needs to defrag or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, let's let's finish these questions off with some pace, shall we? Um, Dan Glozier is going is going back where we've been before. Is there a fundamental failing somewhere within the club which is contributing to the fact? We're currently in an almost three-seasonal injury crisis, especially last season and the start of this. Um, and uh, I think there's a similar question about why are the players like McGoldrick and Webster are now playing and all that stuff. We've kind of dealt with this one before, but is there something that we need to do? Is there a proper investigation that needs to happen? I think that I personally, if, if I was running the club, I would be having an independent review into injuries from somebody outside the club and I'd be spending a good chunk of money on that because I, I know they, there was a, a talk that Leo Neal was leading a report into it but he was head of sports science so is there not a, almost a vested interest mm. in I'm sure he wants to get it sorted don't get me wrong but I, I think it has been going on for too long and it's happening with too many players now that I think there needs to be an independent review into our standards that we have here and it, it might be that everything is fine I'm, I'm sure Things probably are better than the fans realise when you look at it, but it, it's just it's just too much now, and it just it it worries me as a as a fan that yeah. every every little knock is a serious injury. Jack Lancaster misses a game in pre-season, plays one, misses one, he's out for the, effectively the season. Toto Entiala has he not stretched properly when he just pulls a muscle? Like that's, that's it's unforgivable, really. And then he's missing seven eight games. Luke Garbutt has a gentle knock. He's out for a month. These mm. are, it happens too often. Yep. Um, David Strang asks similar on that one. Um, David Pascoe, Hughes, Edwards and Nolan all played some part in last ma- uh, last night's match. Which one do you think Lambert will be keenest to fast track into an automatic selection? Well, if, if Emir Hughes can get there, then I'd, I'd say him because he is the the player that is too good for this league if he is playing how he can play. But... I think he'll be looking forward to getting John Nolan back because Nolan was looking really good under Lambert last season and I think he'll be keen to get him back fit. Agreed. Um, Steve Moore. Um, Andre Dizel, very obvious talent, but when is he going to make the transition from promising player 
to first team regular. <sighs> Flatters so, to deceive a little if, bit, isn't he? But if if, if, if only I knew, I, 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 I just worry. I, I think he's he's sort of getting to a stage now where it might be best for all parties if he has a change of scenery and because he is he just doesn't I I, I do think he's quite unlucky in some of his matches because he he comes in he comes on a sub at the weekend he's playing out on the right wing he plays last night and he's in there with Emir Hughes who's just trying to get sort of it felt like getting minutes under his belt and he's he's not he's not had that run in the side where he can try and build partnerships and try and find his feet and I'd, I'd I'd personally probably try and give him five or six games in a in a fixed position, like I was saying, four three three. If we could start with Scoose, Downs, Dizel, and and give that give that five games to try and settle in, see how he does. But he's just coming in and out of the team is very very difficult, and he's that's that's what his career has been like. Mm. Um, let's end on this one from uh, FTTUOD. I don't know what it stands for. Um, it's not in the profile name either, so. Wait a sec, here we go. Let's hope it's not offensive, eh? No. No, if we can answer all that is, um, that'd be useful. Um, Joe, we asked you this quite a lot, um, but I'm going to ask you again. Um, who will be the next player to break into the first team after Clements Dobra's debuts last night? Um, anyone else I, that we should be keeping half well, an eye out for? Well, I'd, I'd imagine it was, it's going to be the sort of return of sort of Ben Morris and Ben Falami when they, when they become back fit. They're going to be the sort of next cabs off the rank because there isn't a... Sh- not that there isn't a huge amount of talent, there isn't a huge amount of sort of players that are in that slightly older bracket that do tend to get pushed on a bit quicker. We haven't held on to held on to many of those, but I say you're looking down. Sort of Dylan Crow is one you'd expect to maybe kick on a bit this season if 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 he can, but he's he's missed a, he's missed basically the whole of last season with injury. He's he's barely played. Oh. Yeah, Tommy Smith at left back is a good player, but he's he's probably a little bit behind Bailey Clements and you're going to struggle to bring another, another one in like that. So yeah, D- difficult one to say, but I'd probably say sort of, I know it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but probably Ben Morris and Ben Falami sort of coming back and pushing back into that first team setup. It'd be good to see Ben Morris back. Um, he, he's similar to Wolfenden, you know, it looked decent against Blackburn on the opening day of last season. And, and then suddenly that injury happened and it was Forrest Green he was on loan, wasn't he? He didn't really break into the team there, but it, it looked like he was one of these kind of Jordan Rhodes type strikers. So fingers crossed there. Um, thanks for all the questions. We've um, dealt with as many as we could there. Let's, let's just finish on Peterborough, Joe. Um, it's, this is a weird one. We've, we're off the back of two positive league performances, albeit one result that um, could have been better than a cup defeat. But Peterborough... Who were, the, who were the kind of perennial favourites in League One, who spent more money this summer, um, but have, have lost two of their league games. And also, and they lost to Oxford 1-0 two games in a row, both in League and Cup, mm. um, including last night. Um, big names in for them this summer. Mark Beavers, who we probably know from Bolton. Moisa from Bristol City, a record feed. Frankie Kent, um, another player from Cole U. Christy Pym, who is... Brighty, bright prospect keeper from Exeter and George Boynt who's, who's been around the leagues and has found his way back to Peterborough but um, your thoughts about this one it's, is it set for a draw it kind of feels like a draw for me Joe it's, it's, it's difficult when you go into a sort of a side that's expected to do well that have lost their first couple of games because they will be doing everything they can not to lose that yeah. sort of three games in a row at the start of the season and that especially with a big club like Ipswich going there a good team like Ipswich are in League One going there 
they're, they're unlikely to come and try and attack us. And I think they're going to, I think if you offered Darren Ferguson nil nil now to get their season up and running, he'd take it. So hopefully the 4,000 Ipswich fans going, which is an incredible turnout. Mm. Hopefully they'll, they'll have more to celebrate than that. But I think it's going to be, they're going to set themselves up to be very tough to break down. But I think, I think we've got, the quality to do so I'd imagine James Norwood would love to get a goal in front of the 4,000 travelling fans who are Agreed. all probably going to be beard up and ready to roll yeah exactly right yeah yeah well, Peterborough is always a weird one because they always sell well don't they they're similar to Norwich they always get decent fees for their players when yeah. they leave um, they don't spend a huge amount of money they seem to Darren McCanty seems to invest well but there's a lot of shuffling of managers there it was uh, Grant McCann was it last season and I know it was um, Steve Evans of course I could make Steve Evans yep. um, and Barry Fry still lingers around there and Marcus Evans best mate um, Peterborough your thoughts is this a bit of a blip or is there something a little bit amiss here that might need another manager in to sort it out I think they have the issue that they make some very sort of good high profile signings they use they obviously have a very good scouting network led by presumably Barry Fry but they they sign some good players and but the problem is they turn over their players so quickly that yeah. every summer and they, they get their deals done early but every summer they've got eight or nine new players to come in and try and get into the team and and then it almost gets to about February and they're struggling to get in the playoffs and it's a case of who are we going to sell for big money because we need to start sort of pushing it putting them in a shop window and trying to get them to do it and so they're and it almost becomes a sort of business plan to try and get their big sale in but I've read that they turned down a four million bid from Barnsley for Ivan Tony on deadline day so they scored the, the goal on the opening against Fleetwood yeah yeah and they've got Mo Iser was one and a half million and he got the I think he got the hook quite early against um was it Oxford last week they played? And Madison's still there as well. Is that Marcus Madison, which I think has been linked yeah. with everyone, still there as well. But if, yeah, I hadn't thought of it when you said it, but there's a lot of shuffling, isn't it, of pack? You're going to take yeah. the best players out of the team and then replace them with maybe two or three players. It's kind of a little bit like Moneyball, but crap version of Moneyball. And you can understand yeah. why they've tread, tread water at the top end of, the, of League One and not mm. push through to the promotion. I don't think they've even got in the playoffs in the last three or four years. Yeah. They're always... Like last, they normally start the season very well and fall away. Well, this year they're starting the season poorly so far. But so, which Ipswich are you expecting? Are you expecting the the counter-attacking Burton Ipswich or the front foot keep the ball a little bit better, Sunderland or Luton? Goodness, um, me. Well, I'm I'm not expecting the Luton Ipswich. I think it will be that game. I know it's difficult to say, but that's almost going to be written off that game because that's not going to affect any of the players that played against Sunderland who will have the confidence from that game going into it. And even when you see the sort of comments after the game, Jordan Robertson, oh yeah, disappointing result, but it's good to see some of the players back fit. It does feel like the game was treated in the squad as a pre-season friendly or early season friendly. So I don't think it's going to affect our confidence too much. So, Hopefully we can get there. And I think it'll be more a game where we'll try and sort of sit back and hit them on the counter-attack and try and draw them into us and hit them. Because we do seem to have a good bit of pace in the side now. Great. Can I put you under pressure and get a prediction from you? Um, I'm going to go... As, as much as I think it's, it's going to be a tight game, I, it wouldn't surprise if we go there and sort of beat them 2-0 and sort of put pressure on Darren Ferguson. Good stuff. Well, I'm not... Uh, as, as with last week, I'm not going to jump in and correct you with... 
a pessimistic one or a nil-nil draw. So we'll, we'll end with that, even though I've just done it and ruined it anyway. Um, Joe, thank you, as always, for that. We're going to give you a bit of a break. We're going to do a bit of a rotation on Saturday. Um, I've managed to get myself a last-minute ticket um, for Peterborough. I think they released some today, so I've managed to get myself a seat. So um, I'll be going on Saturday, and then for me and Mikey will be doing the flagship show, the lesser-sported Premier League um, supporting Mikey Penty Smith will be. I think I'll make him host. I think I need a break from hosting, um, yeah. so we'll do that. Um, and potentially we've also got Dave to sub in for you next week because you're a busy guy at the moment. Um, so yeah. it might be a little bit of a break for you, Joe. That'd be nice. You can recharge your batteries and come back and tell us about all the kind of academy stuff and football manager stuff you've been doing in the meantime. Yeah, no, it'll be busy. Nice to. It's nice to speak to the guys, but it's a, a break will be good for a couple of weeks while I finish the huge amounts of work that are outstanding well earned break indeed i'll let you have the last word joe i'll see everyone else on sunday and joe over to you yep thanks to everyone for listening and thanks to rich for a great job hosting again It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.